0: Praise God, we'll be doing this amazing series, uh, Aotearoa, looking back to move forward. And it's, a, and it's, I love this story, I love the, the journey that we've been on as a church. Um, continue this to, to press into God. Uh, because quite often we've got a beautiful history of the 1800s of the, of the way the Holy Spirit moved through this nation and formed this nation, but a, what comes along with it is also pain and heartache. And there is a there is pain and heartache of what happened. In our, in our country. But sometimes because of that, we decide, let's not talk about it. Let's not um, embrace what's been going on. But we kind of lose the power of our testimony. And so I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever been offended before? Anybody been offended in this room before? Yeah, we've all been offended. You know, there, there, is some offense. there are some offenses, right? Kind of like water off a, off a duck's back, right? Uh, you know, we, we don't like it at the time, but we move on. But there are other offenses that when we're offended, it wounds us. Have you ever been wounded before? It wounds us. But here's the thing. Like any wound that is not properly treated, it won't heal. And if you don't, if you don't treat a wound, not only will it not heal, but it will eventually kill you. And when it comes to our emotional wounds, if we don't deal to them, it will, it will definitely infest and affect our whole life the way we see things around us. You know, for many of us, we, we say things, well, you know, I forgive. Because here's the, here's the thing. The only antidote to offense is forgiveness. But a lot of us say, well, we, I forgive. I'm a forgivable person. Right? I forgive all the time. And quite often we say stuff like, you know, I forgive, but I don't forget. Oh. You know, that, that, that tells me that, uh, that, that there's something there. Like you're holding on to a grudge. Has anybody ever held on to a grudge before? Sometimes we say, I forgive them, but then all of a sudden we see them and all of a sudden we get something comes up again. Like I thought I dealt with that, but what, what's going on? There's a grudge going on there. And some of us, we're not aware of it until we see that person. We see that person and then we get this anger. comes out of nowhere and we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's happening? And so, and so when we say things like, you know, I forgive, but I don't forgive. I don't forget. Gotta be careful. Be careful that we're not holding on to grudges. Because I'm not talking about I'm not talking about trust because forgiveness and trust are two different things. See, I can forgive someone, but trust takes time. Trust takes time. But when I say things like, Well, I, I don't forget, you gotta be careful. Are you holding a grudge? What are those things in your life? Can you forgive someone for hurting you? Can you forgive them? Can you forgive someone who's taken something from you? Can you forgive them? You know, I, I do want to talk about something. You know, I'm a father of three daughters. And when I think about forgiveness, I'm a pretty forgivable person. But I was thinking about this. If something ever happened to my daughters, if, something ever, if someone ever took the life of my daughter, would I be able to forgive them? If you've got kids... Can you imagine, I don't want you, I know there's something we don't want to imagine. Can you forgive someone if they took the life of your child? What would you say to if you come face to face with that person? And for, for those who are familiar with the book of Job, the trials that he went through, he lost seven of his children. And for some of us, we connect with Job and say, you know what? I'll be just like Job, but Lord, don't put me to that test. Don't put me to that test. So today I want to share about this powerful story of forgiveness. It's a story that belongs to these shores, it's our story. It's a true gospel story. It's a story that I tell I've told this story many times and I will continue to tell this story. The beautiful story. Today I want to share about the powerful story of Tarore. Tarore. See when missionaries first arrived here in 1814, it'll take 15 years before they get a convert took a long time. Because, you know, um, sometimes I hear people say to me, you know, missionaries force our people into Christianity. I think, well, that's not true because for 15 years, they couldn't convert anyone. And because when I think about my tupuna, I think of them as being strong and highly intelligent. There's no way they're going to be duped by anyone. But yet, our tupuna received Jesus. So the question is, if my tupuna are strong, if my tupuna are intelligent, then why did they receive Christ? Why did they receive Karaiti? And that's the question that I need to ask. Why did they receive? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about our, through Polynesia, as the as the gospel spread across the Pacific, and our Tupuna received Jesus. Why did they receive Jesus? That's the question to ask. So when the missionaries came here in 1814, it will take another 15 years before they get a convert. It wasn't around the 1830s. Then you had this amazing. The gospel began to spread like wildfire. So the question is, what happened? What happened in the, in, the, in the early 1830s, the late 1820s? It was what's known as the Literacy Revolution. See, Māori were high, highly intelligent, and they quickly learned to read and write in their own language, very quickly. It took three to six months for them to learn to read and write. In fact, when you have a look at some of the records, they've got beautiful handwriting. They're getting married. Some of these sailors will come and want to marry a beautiful wahine. And they'll go sign the sailors couldn't write. They'll put an X next to it, and then they have got these beautiful handwritings of this Wahine signing these beautiful and the and the witnesses, all the Maori witnesses, beautiful handwriting. All the sailors it was just X, X, they couldn't read and write. But yet the Maori, they 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 were highly intelligent, very quick learners. And then now they had the gospel in their own language. And it was the words of Jesus, and them reading it for themselves. And then reading about this powerful Rangatira by the name of Ihu Karaiti. And There was the words of Ihu Karaiti that transformed their hearts. And then they will take the gospel, and they'll take it from Māori to Māori, and they'll share the gospel. And this is what was happening in Ngāti Hoa. In Ngāti uh, about one of, the, one of the chiefs there, one of the rangatira by the name of Ngakuku. he learned to read and write alongside his daughter, Tarore. Learned to read and write. In fact, his most prized possession was Te Rongo A Ruka, the gospel of Luke. Was the pr- most prized possession. The, 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 the gospel of Luke translated into Real Maori. He gets his book and he writes his name in Na and he and he gives it to his daughter Tarore. Tarore puts it into a, a kite and she wears it around her neck. This is her tonga, her most prized, her treasure round her neck. And although this this message of this amazing Rangatira by the name of Iyu Karaiti was transforming lives, but there was still war in the air and there was tension between to uh, Ngāti Hoa and Tiarawa and in Rotorua. And because of that, Ngā decides I'm going to take the children to safety, take them over to Tauranga, head up over the Kamae Hills, go over there. And so he takes the children, he's heading off and he goes to Wairere Falls. And they, they camp there the night in Wairere Falls. And during that night, they're attacked by a war party from Te Ngākuku and all the kids rush up to safety into the, in the, hill, into, the into the mountains, but Tarore wasn't with them. The last time they saw Tarore, she was asleep by the tree. So where it was safe, Kuku came down this mountain. And what he found was his daughter Tarore slain, killed, and her kite, stolen. Now, as a father, that will break my heart. Kuku bends down, picks up his daughter Tarore. He walks all the way back to the Matamata Pa, which is Waharoa today. Walks back there with, the, with his daughter. There's a, there's a tangi for a whole week. Morning. Tarore. The warriors begin to chant Utu. 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 What, is, what does Utu mean? Right, right. For many of us, we just say, Oh, revenge. For, the, for many of us who are familiar with this word, with oh, revenge. But Utu is, is far more nuanced than just that. Utu actually means to bring balance. Because when something's been taken, there's no longer balance. So something needs to, there needs to be a price paid to bring balance back. And sometimes Utu um, will bring peace between tribes, but quite often it will escalate. Because for, for if you take a life, the only payment for taking a life is another life. This is tikanga. This is the way of life. This, is, this is, That's the only way. A life for a life. That's tikanga. gone, life for a life. So the warriors were crying, utu, utu. Reverend Brown writes down, he writes down the words that, Chief Ngakuku says to the warriors, and this is what he says. He says this, There lies my child. She has been murdered as a payment for your bad conduct. But do do not you rise up to obtain satisfaction for her? God will do that. Let this be the conclusion of the war with Rotorua. Let peace be now made. I don't, I don't know if you understand what's happening right here. This, this has never been done. Because this is their way of life. This is tikanga. This has never been done. And he carries on. He goes, my heart is not sad for Taurore, but for you. You wish for teachers to come, with the missionaries. You wish the, the teachers to come to you. They came and now you're driving them away. You are weeping for my daughter, but I'm weeping for you. For myself. For all of us, perhaps this murder is a sign of God's anger towards us for our sins. Turn to Him, believe, or you'll all perish. Ngā kūkū does a salvation call at the daughter's tongue, calling for peace and forgiveness. This is unheard of. This is world changing. This is in and this is world changing. What he's asking for Ngā kūkū. Jesus was the Utu. Because it's life for life. And Jesus gave his life for all. For Farz, for ngakuku, Jesus bought the balance. Jesus is the balance. The story doesn't just end there because look like, at, oh my goodness, what an amazing forgiveness. I, I, I often ask myself, I don't know. What would I do in that situation? I do not even want me, to, I don't even. Wish to be in that situation. The story doesn't end there. Before Ngakuku, these words of Luke chapter six, verse twenty-seven of Ihu Karaiti. Ihu Karaiti says this, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those hurt you. Beautiful words. But I'm not sure if I can put this into practice. Ngā kuku. Read these words. It does the ultimate. The ultimate forgiveness. Because the words of Jesus transformed his heart. The words of Jesus transformed his life. Now the warrior that had taken his life, his name is Awita. When he returns back to his pa in Rotorua, he rips open the there hoping it will be greenstone or some kind of treasure. He's disgusted to find a book. He has no idea what this, what this book is. about, and He throws it down in his in his He just throws it down there. And, and, and a short time later, Ripaho, he's on his way back to his people in Otaki. Ripaho is a freed slave. What happened in Ngāpui is that uh, the, there was this, uh, uh, people Ngāpui who were becoming followers of Jesus. And because they're followers of Jesus, they're like, how can we have slaves? And they let them all go. Jesus said, and totally transformed Another story, amazing story. Now Ripaho, he's, he's on his way back and he, he happens to stop at Uita's house. And he's talking to Uita and then he notices this book on the ground. He's going, do you realize what you have in your house? This is a sacred book. This is the Bible. Uita is like, I've heard of this book. He can't read. He said, read this book to me. Tonight, so after night, he would read this book to Uita. This warrior... Where warfare was his life, his heart—he begins to weep, and he hears, and he's torn. He's saying, "I've never heard of a rangatira like this man, Ihu Karaiti." And he hears these words, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, "Love your enemy." He's never heard these words. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. He says to Ripaho, I want Ihukaraiti to be rangatira, But before I do this, I've got to find, find the skills father and ask for forgiveness. You've got to understand what he's saying. He knows this is the death penalty because Utu requires his life. But because Ihukaraiti transforms his heart, he seeks the father, and, and, and the local retelling of the story is as Ngākuku and Uita met the, the, the retelling of the story says, is, As the men approached one another, Ngākuku face to face with the man who killed his daughter. As the men approached one another, tears were shed and they embraced. After Uita humbled himself and repented, peace. Prevailed between the two men. And they built a church to honor the message that brought about reconciliation. Reverend Brown will write in his journal regarding Ngā Kukunuita. He's, this is what he says. He says, in the evening they were engaged together in worshiping God. And their prayer meeting were apparently on the most friendly of terms. Who but the Christian loves their enemy?" The story of Tarore is a powerful story. So Ripaho takes Taurore's Bible, heads to Ōtaki, shares the story. These two warriors receive Ihu Karaiti as their rangatira. And then they, they decide, we're going to go to Ngāpui to get, a, we want missionaries for ourselves, head up to Ngāpui. And a man by the name of Octavius Hadfield responds to the call. And we heard that story of Octavius Hadfield a few weeks ago. Through so the story of Taurore, it transformed the lives of this, this young girl and the, the, the story of forgiveness. In fact, when the missionaries began to travel up to the lower North Island and through to the East Coast, before they even arrived, there was already churches there. Maori already worshipping God on a Sunday, worshipping God together, worshipping Ihu Karaiti. In fact, um, Tangata will we'll say this. Missionaries brought Christianity to this country, but it was our people who gave it to one another. And if you know the, the story of the gospel in the Pacific, it was our people who gave it to one another. Luke 6, 27. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. You know how most people handle the scripture? They handle the scripture like, they come, like come up to you and say, look, I forgive you. But you did this, this to me. You did that to me. You did this. You did that. You did this. You did this. But you know what? I forgive you. They just come and vomit it all over you. Because, because here's the conditions to my forgiveness. I want to tell you so you know how you've hurt me. Now that my conditions have done, now that these bring balance, now that the utu has been paid, I forgive you. Because that's utu. Or I'll forgive them when they say sorry. Oh, so that's the utu for you. That's what will bring balance for you. Because utu is what we do. Are you holding utu with someone in your life? Is there someone you're not willing to forget because forgive, because they haven't brought balance to the way that you feel right now? But if you, but to you who are willing to listen, Akarongo, in the Cook Islands, Akarongo, I say, love your enemies, do good to those. Who hates you, bless those who curse you. See, reconciliation doesn't change the past, it changes your future. It changes your future. See, if Nga took the life of Uita, it wouldn't have changed what happened to Taurori, but what it did, reconciliation changed their future. It brought peace between Nga and Tiarawa. and the transformation of the gospel as the words began to spread. The gospel. Of Jesus transformed this nation. See, reconciliation doesn't change your past. It changes your future. When did Jesus forgive you? When did he forgive you? The Bible tells us he was hanging on the cross and he cries out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he's not talking about those who are there but right through to us because it was our sins that put him there. He didn't wait for an apology. He says, I am the balance. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And life gives up his life for you. He didn't wait for you to say sorry. He died for you anyway. When you're cursing his name, when you're spitting in his face, he died for you. So I, I wonder if there's someone in your life that you're willing to forgive. Even when they're spitting in your face, even when they're laughing at you, can you forgive them? Can you forgive them? See, this is what happens with offense. If we, if we, don't, if we can hold to offense, we build a fence around our heart. That's not freedom, that's imprisonment. We imprison our hearts. Are you willing to bring this out? I'm not talking about trust. Trust is different. I forgive them, but trust takes time. And I'm coming to ask for forgiveness. Not, I'm not coming for you to say sorry. I'm coming to ask for forgiveness. Forgive me for what I've done. And for many of us in this room, we need the power of Jesus in our life because I would need the power of Jesus. In fact, um, Reverend Brown said it was the power of the Holy Spirit moving through Nakuku. Let me tell you, there, there's many times I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because I can't do it alone. my own. Because it's, it's not easy. Beautiful words, Jesus. I need you. Can't do this on my own. But to you who are willing to listen. I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And in the words of Reverend Brown, in the evening they were engaged together in worshiping God at their prayer meeting and were apparently on the most friendly terms. Who but the Christian loves their enemies? Do not let offense build a fence around your heart. Come on, let us pray.